Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 109. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Yes. Hey, and we've pushed over 3,000 listens now, so I think that was a week or two ago, but I forgot to mention it. 3,031? So something like ready? that, yeah. yeah. So listens. we're moving along. Thank you guys for, for listening. Yes, somebody listens, and that's awesome. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yes, the, ooh, look at that first reference. So. <laughs> Here we go. You threw me Dive off already. <laughs> We try to, the real goal of the podcast is to see how many social media, or media, Movie, media, TV, and whatever cultural uh, references, references we can sneak into the podcast. We yes. should have a list. We should have a contest and then people could write in and tell us how many references we had and then we'll give them a free gift. A new car. No, no not maybe not car. that. <laughs> well, we could. It doesn't if have to have be least, a full-size car. Yeah, we'd have <laughs> it to could have a, be a matchbox I, car. We do have a little matchbox Camaro <laughs> I could maybe give out. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> thanks hey, for listening, guys. You've got something on your little head there, don't you? I do. So, I do. We've been talking about... First, though, doing, I have to give huh? some kudos and props to my spouse. Who? Who me? is taking his word of the year, Rehoboth, so mm. literally... In I'm this, literaling the heck out of that. In this year, I'm so impressed and excited to watch him. So Rehoboth, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks, means open spaces mm-hmm. or places. And he started tackling the garage. And we did talk about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago when we got the sheds. But the, the also point, two sheds, Jackson. Point of the sheds was to rearrange some stuff that's been stored in the garage mm-hmm. and put it outside, all the the kiln and all the glass and a few other things and rearrange so that he could have more Rehoboth in his garage. And so mm-hmm. over the process of the past couple of weeks, he has rocked this project going oh. out every spare second and even taking some time during the day when he needed a break or whatever his own little Sabbath like we talked about last week I, <laughs> or not Sabbath I uh, attempted a Sabbath and was called into the office yeah he had Thursday he was going <laughs> to take like, the day off not Sabbath what's the word vacation basically um, same thing sabbatical hey. that's the word I was looking for anyway which just go with Sabbath All interesting right. so we can't really call it a sabbatical because you did not Sabbath however he has got it done the project is done. The garage Boom. looks great. Boom. He has everything rearranged. There's a few piddly little things that need to be managed, like the trash going out, and but yeah. really not. Tomorrow's trash nothing. day. Nothing. Yeah, hey. like <laughs> it looks so good in there. What he was trying to do was open up the walkway space, clearing, moving cupboards, moving um, your tool chest, the saw, mm-hmm. both saws. All this stuff. So my, if you don't know my husband, he is a inventor builder. He uh, both thinks of the idea and then tries to get it done or does oh, most of the time does get it done. Yeah. And so, but one of the main things for him is he wants to have the materials close at hand all mm-hmm. the time so that he can, if he thinks of something, he can go and build it pretty, yeah. you know, too sweet. So, <clears throat> Ooh, you're speaking French now. We have that was my third actually. Right. My third. Anyway, um, 
so cupboards are good and he likes mm-hmm. to have things stored and organized and whatever but he also likes like out of sight out of mind is definitely one of our yeah. foibles and so he likes to have things easily accessible which means and we have a nice size garage and we have two bays in our garage but we also have a tandem so we have this beautiful workspace in the back which did you put the door in I our did. garage yes, there was I not did. a door there, there so there's a door. a door in the back now too that just mm-hmm. makes great pathway whatever i had to saw the concrete to get it in right i remember that now when we first moved in yep yeah anyway so he takes like all the wall space has hooks and things hanging or orangutans and fruit bats uh, you know like various it's definitely a workman's garage um and and all that to say he got it done we have the the space now to walk he cleaned it all out his next goal is to epoxy the floor which is a long time dream for him i was gonna epoxy the floor when we moved in 16 17 years ago Mm -hmm. and it was like yeah as soon as the make sure the the grounds dry and i'll epoxy it and that was like 17 years ago it's like right some things get waylaid some dreams get waylaid yes but everything is movable now that you could do that. Right. You know, get it easily done. Time and money and project, next project. So I want to connect aside. what you said to what you're going to say, even though you haven't said Go what you're it. going to say yet. You can be the great transitioner here. So anyway, I'm just saying, <laughs> yay, Dan. Thank you. I'm taking a bow here. He got here the garage all done. Okay, it does now. look good. Um, you know, it's interesting because we've talked about that word of Ray both. And to be honest, when I went to clean up the garage, it was just, I was compelled. It was like, I just, this needs to be done. And it wasn't until you're done that you said, there you go. You fulfilled your Ray both. And I'm like, oh yeah. And it's like, and I think that's kind of heading into what our discussion is today. Sometimes you just do stuff and it's, it's what God's movement is and you don't, you just it is you know when we kind of get sometimes we get all concerned about am i following the will of god is he directing me on this and sometimes it's like just live your life in love with him and he'll direct your you know what's that verse about he'll direct uh, delight yourself in the lord and he'll direct your steps in all things no wait <laughs> did i just blend two verses yeah, there together you did. delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart okay then what's the director um, something, something. This is something. the new Let's Conjoin Verses broadcast. Uh, it's called a mashup. Yeah. Uh, mashup scripture. <laughs> scripture uh, <laughs> mashups. There we go. It's a new thing. He will direct something, something. Light your path. I don't know. We'll have to look that up and come back to it. But well, there he you will go. We all know path. that he'll direct your path. In other the... words, you just went with this inspiration. Yeah. Without it being conscious in your mind. Right. Oh, I don't have to be thinking every where day. Where else do I need to do Rehoboth? Yeah. Oh, where else do I, I need to, to open space something? Yeah. Right. So it's just things become made manifest to me. Yeah. So let's talk about did, your... So not only did yeah. you have the idea to do it, it's taken a few weeks, but you had the motivation to do it and the mm-hmm. passion and the energy. And I'm tired now. And you're tired now and you were <laughs> tired through it, but you still, you kept going and got it done to your satisfaction, which is beautiful. And you even made a new table and, you know, I was thinking about the new table. So we had, Dan built me this gorgeous Formica oak table for our first anniversary. And that's been pretty much the workbench out in the garage all these years later. It was demoted, but it was good enough was, that we kept it around. Right. Yeah. It still is. I mean, it's still being kept around. Mm-hmm. You had to find space for it. But anyway... 
His was dining room table, so it was at desk left level. Yeah. Well, in the garage, oftentimes when you're doing projects, you don't sit down like at a desk to do. It. You did for glass, and I, I yeah. think that was part of the reason we used it for that. But in the process of all this reorganizing and moving stuff around, he had a rolling cart, which your dad was <clears throat> always built. happy to have a rolling cart. Yep. around and that's probably 40 years old and but this one that we had had been outside for a long time and the it was completely rotted oh. it was for mica so on you know for mica's on top of particle board right so leaving that out for years it's to the point where it was just kind of fuzzy rot yeah <laughs> so. it, there was just almost no wood left to it so he rebuilt that we had another piece of formica that we've kept around again for materials. some bizarre reason because we, we don't throw away material yeah so we've had that for a long long time it was going to be a sewing table that's a word from the lord do not throw away material <laughs> find a way to organize it if you <laughs> can right. but uh anyway so he built he rebuilt the cart with this really nice top that's not as big as the big table but Halfway through the project, this I guess it was last weekend or maybe mm-hmm. this week, he said, "What if I get rid of the the big table, or not get rid of, but tear, tear it back down, break it apart, and store it, and just use my new rolling round table because I will use that, and it's up higher, right? And it will use that a lot more as a workspace. So <clears throat> that also was a brilliant idea, and yeah. you'll be able to use that, I think, much more effectively and efficiently." than the desk table so right what i'm saying is there's just so many beautiful little things like you're saying you're connecting this Mm -hmm. with what my little heart topic is of how you just go in the flow of and you watch it as things new solutions present themselves and new delights present themselves like he was so happy yesterday when this was done and we, we came in, we ate lunch, whatever. And then he said, I think I want to go back out of my garage. Like now he wanted to be in the space. And there was a couple more things to so do. So if you're just tuning in, this is Grace Garages. How do, <laughs> this is, yeah. Well, it's does. It's you living in the fulfillment of the word that you mm-hmm. got on your heart at the beginning of the year. This is what I want this year to be about. Mm-hmm. And that then now we can go into the topic the spiritual topic of today yeah. which is you want me to say it you can say it oh, I'll, I'll I can. allow it i had to have a cup of tea so i could put my thoughts together um <clears throat> we believe in grace we believe dan and i mm-hmm. we as, as grace teachers we believe that grace means that there is nothing we have done that that accounts us as acceptable to God. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that we have done to do that. God just, God is grace. God right. is graciously presenting himself to us in salvation. And we don't have to confess our sins anymore. We don't have to think about ways that we have to please God anymore. He is pleased and always has been with us and did what he did with Jesus on the cross to get us there. Okay. So I was thinking that we we seem some of the people most of the people we are around seem to also think that way too you know in mm-hmm. spiritual discussions but where i'm finding this to be a little sneakier legalism by being uh-huh. this to being a little sneakier legalism is always sneaky it is is how how it works itself out in our daily lives where we still think we have to do things that are pleasing to god mm-hmm. or holy or moral or go- godly 
you know, where do I in my daily life, my day to day living still find this sneaky little gnat of legalism trying to nip in my ear Mm -hmm. or on my forehead like it did this morning and squashed a bug in my forehead and got on (laughs) the deck. She had a mosquito landed on her forehead. (laughs) I didn't feel it, but he saw it. Anyway, that's what I mean. Like, it's so sneaky. I didn't even know it was there. That's what I told her when I slapped her in the head. Slap me on the forehead. (laughs) You're like, whap. Oh, there was a bug there. Trust me. Um, to realize, oh, I'm about to get bit, mm-hmm. right? And so where does legalism still do that in our daily life? And where? licentious does that too, but we don't see it as often in our past. So we see legalism so much more. I'm trying to stick but, yeah. with the theme that we're a grace world. Right. And so how do we, how yep. do we apply grace in daily kinds of things? Mm-hmm. So um, where do I still, where am I still feeling that's, in my mind that separateness where I think I have to do something to fulfill the spiritual or godly part of my life to either get God to let does this feel obligatory to you I want to try to because uh, okay, I think so, different people will say it differently Some, of course of course yeah so for me I see it sneakily in the okay now what are we gonna do for God what mm-hmm. is my part what is my work for God Am I in missions? Mm -hmm. Am I a supernatural healer? Am I checking all the morality boxes? Which we all vote for those activities. Do I... In their time. Let me see if I can finish the thought um, without the caveats at this point. Okay. Where do I go? Oh, I had this thought. Well, it must not be godly because it made me feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. Or I have... uh, for me, for, for me personally, I get hung up with people. Am I managing people mm-hmm. in a godly way? And did I, this, here's an example. So on Friday night, we went to church and there was a new person, new lady there. And I wasn't actually going up to talk to the new lady. I was going up to talk to the, um, a, a friend who was talking to the new lady. And cause I saw her and wanted to touch base and find out what was going on in her life, blah, blah, blah. And that conversation turned into me talking to the new lady for almost an hour. And um, well, I'll make it short as best I can. But it was a, it was a go deep fast kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we knew we were in similar circumstances with a few things in our lives. And uh, we just followed that path down into some pretty uh, vulnerable sharing. Dive, some dive. tears, some prayers, mm-hmm. some encouragement, whatever. Mm-hmm. All yesterday, I kept thinking about her and thinking, oh, did I say the right thing? Did mm-hmm. I manage that well? Did I have, did I say some things that would have led her down a wrong path? Did she say some things? Like, how did she encourage me? What should I take and what shouldn't I take? Like, there was a lot of mental hoops yesterday because of that conversation. Because, to be honest, I am not in a phase of life where I'm having too many vulnerable conversations with people. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty guarded about that right now. Yeah. T- t- truthfully. And it surprised me. It surprised me how quickly we went into this vulnerable place with as strangers. Yeah. And um so I so I analyzed a bunch yesterday and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, you know." And then and so now as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking, 
Why? Why did I analyze that? Because I have the habit of mind of analyzing everything through a filter of, did I do that right? Mm-hmm. Based on the early formation of legalism in my life on so many levels, not just in the religious realm, but in mm-hmm. everything in my life, everything has to be analyzed. Did I do it right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did yesterday. And, and it's not bad. Now here, I'll do some caveats. It's not bad yeah. to do things right. It's not bad to think about significant conversations that you have with somebody. But my goal, <laughs> my ha- my habitual goal is I don't want to do anything wrong because then I have, then I'll have consequences. <laughs> I might have consequences to this. I might have to do something and backtrack or now, you know, like, yeah. I, like we shared personal information and I told her, I was the one that initiated to share phone, phone numbers. And I said, cause she's new to town. And I said, if you need anything or if you want to just have coffee, yeah. give me a call. But then I said to her, but I have to tell you, I am not a good initiator. I'll, she's like, Oh, I said, I'm not good at reaching out to people. I, she said, well, are you good at responding? I said, I'm excellent at responding. If you reach out to me, I will absolutely respond to you within yeah. seconds, probably. Unless you call me on the phone and I don't have my phone nearby and then it takes a little longer. I can hear my kids listening to me like, you don't respond to us, mom, because you never answer phone calls. But anyway, I'm saying if somebody says, hey, do you want to go to coffee? Almost always the answer is yes, because I'm an excellent responder. Yeah. You know, I want to throw in a little on your legalism stuff. Like you you mentioned that it's not always religion. And I was thinking about that, you know. performance-based stuff can come from all over in your life like you were a piano player so naturally if you're learning piano what do you do you do performances right Mm -hmm. now depending on your personality and what's going on in there you can start to think that you are your life and value is based on your performance and it has as opposed to (laughs) performances are there to push you to new levels of skill and so forth and to demonstrate to test to show you what you can do and so forth. Actually, that's, can I, can I okay, jump she's, in? Yes, you're the performer, so you can tell me. Well, the <laughs> ultimate goal has nothing to do with the performance. The, yep. re, the ultimate goal of playing piano in front of other people is to draw them into an emotional experience where the music is connecting them. Having a good performance just allows that to happen without a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. But I was never taught that. It was always about the performance and are you performing? Are you performing? Are you performing? Can you go to the next level? And I am very cautious with my little piano student that I have. We're getting ready to do a recital. She's worked hard and she has a lot of things to show off. But I, we are, I'm kind of hounding her and it's really not about you showing off. We're going to celebrate you at the Mm -hmm. end, but your job as a performer is to draw people into your music and to share music together and share that emotional experience so i notice in your studio you have chains and a whip is that to beat the kids or what (laughs) is a beautiful picture of what i'm talking about god Uh, is not interested in our performance he's interested in us being at a level i say uh that with huge air quotes uh a place where we can share an experience together right and that level has way more to do with openness than it does with performance or facades right and i think that's also a thing of growth because i want to you just touched on that there but 
you know, how many kids complain that they had to do piano lessons and, oh, I had these piano lessons, but it's like nobody complains that they're able to play piano. Nobody says, I, <laughs> I wish I didn't know how to play the piano. A lot of people hate the piano because they may, of their teachers they may or have their had mom and how the whips and chains right. were out. <laughs> but, but it's one of those where I think sometimes God is instilling abilities and skills in us. And along the way, and now he doesn't teach poorly, but due to other people, mm-hmm. we may false perceptions of get God. false perceptions about him and what he's accomplishing in us. And that's, well, it's terribly unfortunate. (laughs) It's what that is. Makes us not want to perform. Right. And it also makes us, you know, when it can make us very hateful toward God, if we see that the people have pushed us and, you know, the manipulation that occurs in some things. Now, there's some people that teach great. There's some people that lead great. And that's awesome. See, you're a great teacher. You're doing a good job of trying to keep the focus on what you're trying to bring out in your student and I think that's critical which connects us back to the whole discussion today exactly which is you know we're all every church just about will say you know salvation is by grace through faith it's a free gift God gives it to us and then there's sometimes often in many many churches then there's the implied Okay, now that you're saved, get your button gear and start working. So start working that, on your transformation. Right. <laughs> get it going so that... Here's your list of rules. Otherwise, you're in trouble because you're your not working good partner. enough. Here's your accountability Right. And it suddenly blows away the whole relational aspect of... Uh, God just brought me in here to have a relationship with him. And to just live. And to live. In freedom. Right. And love. Yeah. A true love. Mm-hmm. Not hippie love. <laughs> hippie love. I think hippie love had a, po- a purpose. Yeah. I'm not completely against hippie love, but it's a picture of of true love. Right. A, a, a flawed picture of sure. true love. Love means, yep. which we talked about all last week. So listen to last week if you want to know what love, love means. Love means never having a whole cartoon series of love is. Those were terrible. Those were now I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, they about. were in the newspaper all the time. It was a one-panel cartoon that said, love is, and it was these two mutant little people, and it was always some cutesy quote. I'm sorry, but it's there. We'll have to show that later, and I'll post a picture or something. That's fine. Is that just another media reference? That was reference? just a side media. Okay. Yeah, that was a love was a, is. I don't have to know all about this. To then there was the, the movie, love whatever, and love means never having to say you're sorry was the song, and... All that. Hey, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Love means never having to say you're sorry. You can keep going. That was a Barbara Streisand song. A blank look here on my face, I'm sure, because I'm trying to figure out what I've just zipped along here. What you're going to do. Well, no, you can. That's that to the whole. You got to confess, repent, and do all that stuff. Ah. True love is. That doesn't mean you should never say you're sorry. But That's where I wanted to know where you're going. It's not a requirement. <laughs> yeah, right. A healthy relationship. Uh, could you imagine a marriage where your spouse would say, you have to have apologized. It has to be a correctly done apology with the right In the things. right frame of mind yeah. with enough repentance. And then repentance. it's like, okay, now I will forgive you. Now you are restored to the relationship. I, sadly, there are marriages like right. that. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't apologize <laughs> when you do something wrong. 
But if you're demanding the apology and stuff uh, and there's a procedure you have to go through, you probably don't have a healthy thing going on there. Good chance You've missed of it. the point of the relationship. Right. You've missed, you said this a little while ago before we started the podcast, you were talking about in marriage, the 50-50 thing. Oh, yeah. Go, this, ahead, go ahead and talk about that. Oh, you know, we have come up with weird constructs in relationships. Like, I, you know, I hear, although I've heard it since we were young, you know, people will say, you need to have a 50-50 relationship in a marriage. It's like, no, that's a terrible. As opposed, like, you do 50% of the work and I do 50% of right. the work? Right, yeah. Is that what it, you mean? Right. It comes back to, okay, so that was a response to the 50s, 60s, or even 70s where the wife did all the dishes and baked and the husband did this work and then people said, oh, we're going to do a 50-50 marriage, 50-50, and we share all the tasks and we split everything evenly or we divide it all up. And it's like, that sounds kind of good and it's not bad that you're all participating or you're all partaking, but that can also become problematic when you just start viewing it as, well, that's not my 50% and that's not my area and stuff, as opposed to saying, I love you. I give 51% this week. Right. And then you start measuring of how, what the percentage rate is, as opposed to just saying, hey, it's, let's have a healthy relationship. You're doing the dishes. I'll come help you. Or I, while you do that, I'll do this. And just recognizing that you're always participating and active together. Wow. I don't know if we're hearing the magpies on our thing. We got magpies gone Get haywire in our neighborhood. <laughs> Maybe you should close the window. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> magpies gone okay. haywire. I don't know if you ever heard magpies. They get... They can get uh, rather squawky. They're like cockatiels so. in Australia. Okay, so back to the relationship business and, and how we're saying in a marriage or a union with a partner, you have this, you can have this mentality of I'm only going to give, you have to hold up your end of the bargain. Right, that's, that's, what, the, that's the underlying scary yes. thing is making sure you have to do this. And I mean, in a healthy relationship, obviously, you both need to participate. And communicate about <laughs> right. it. Right. Because sometimes you go from an unhealthy relationship to just alternative unhealthy. So you come from a place that's unhealthy and say, okay, we're going to divide everything up 50-50 and that'll fix it. And it's like, well, it may or may not be an improvement. It may, If other things don't change... This is just a different disease that you guys will have in your marriage. Yeah, I feel like that is such a that's such a cart before the horse kind of a solution. Right. Because that's the cart. The horse, the engine, the driver, the energy mm -hmm. of the relationship is where is where is there a breakdown in the love? Right. If you feel like you need this system so that you feel validated. Uh, been there, done that. I mean, I remember, I remember one day, this was in the other house, so it's been at least 15 years ago, I was scrubbing toilets and I was madder than mad. How mad that were you? I was the only one scrubbing toilets and I was the only one that any, you know, we had six people in our family and nobody ever volunteered to scrub the toilets. I just had, I was so mad about it <laughs> and I did not feel validated as a person. And I remember that I, I was, must've been really mad because it sticks in my head a lot that emotion hmm. my need wasn't that somebody else should be scrubbing the toilets my need was i was not feeling valuable right in the family for whatever reason I, it, 
and I and I didn't know how to say, hey, this is how I'm feeling yeah. to you, to my children, because I don't, you know, they were all old enough for me to be able, I wish I would have been in tune enough with myself to say, you know what, I, and I, I think I did at some points, I would say to the kids, I feel like you guys don't value what I do. I just right. give to you all the time. And we did have some conversations you know why this one sticks so bad in my memory? I was going to start a toilet cleaning ministry for you now. But. <laughs> I know this sticks so much in my memory because that was the day that I decided I'm going to do the worship stuff at church. Because you don't want to clean the toilets? Because I need value somewhere else. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. So. Not so good interesting, to be honest, <laughs> because we know where that led us. <laughs> so. Anyway, that that's like it's actually uh, being vulnerable. Like yeah. I, I did go into worship ministry at Pulpit Rock, and there was some really great things about it. And then it crashed and burned because I did not it acknowledge. I did not acknowledge I was in it to try to get valued, hmm. instead of loving the people that were in there. Yeah, and there were a lot of things I did. And you do get value. The, the, the yeah. problem is it did kind of solve some of the problem because I, I did like going there. Mm -hmm. That was my work. You know, mm -hmm. I liked going to work. I liked going to church and having a goal. You know, we're going to sing these songs and we're going to play this way and we're going to, mm -hmm. it's your job as the vocal director and it's my job to get everybody to sing on pitch and sing the harmonies and all that kind of stuff. Eventually. I mean, that it morphed into that, but. And that, it, that was, that did bring value into my life, but I wish I would have been in tune enough with myself to go, this can't be the only reason that you're doing this because this is not a sustainable solution. Right. I cannot solely cohere to get my value. There has to be a, something else that brings me value that doesn't have to do with these people in this position. And when it did start to crumble and fall apart, I felt like my world was falling apart. Mm -hmm. My value was falling apart. I took it so personally that I had to fix it. And then when I wasn't able to fix it, there were some problems. I will acknowledge there was difficulty during that time. <laughs> there was. It, I mean, that morphed into me being so mad about all kinds of things. And I didn't let my anger take me to what I needed to see about what I was trying to, what need I was trying to fulfill in my life which almost ended my marriage, mm -hmm. almost ended my family in a, in a really, it would have been a really sad way. Praise God that it didn't. Right. Praise God that I, we were able to navigate through those waters with enough wisdom and enough Holy Spirit to say, well, this can't be the answer. Yeah. Divorce can't be the answer. So, I mean, there, there has to be another solution too. And we did, we, we slogged through. You know what? I, want, I know, wish I would have known. I wish right. I would have known. And, and shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, mm -hmm. You know, nobody knows everything, especially when they're in their 40s or 30s. Or 10 or 50s or 60s. Or 60s <laughs> or 90s. But we know a little more now. We yeah. do know a little more. And we I feel like I do have a That's my much You know, my birthday joke, handle. right? You know, people would say, how does yeah. it feel to be older? I'm like... I don't feel so much as it's getting older is getting less stupid. Right. So, right. And hopefully every, more awareness. hopefully every year I can look back and go, I'm not as dumb as I used to be. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah, and that's what it is. It's awareness of God at work in you. Yeah. God, God, but not just God at work in you. Right. You and actually that's, I should quit using that word because that's what I'm, that's what I'm like resisting these days. It's not God at work in me. It's me and God in union flowing Mm. through life and me paying attention to the things that are going on in my Mm -hmm. emotional state or my mental state or my body and saying, what's going on? Am I doing, am I flowing in freedom in this area or am I stuck in the mud with something? And if I'm stuck in the mud, all right, let's be open and hear the solution and do or be or meditate on or whatever. Right. The solution and let that work. Let God's work. Let God's love work and love are the same thing from for me from him. Yeah. He doesn't do anything out of just work. He's not a legalist. No, he's doing, what he's doing is bringing his love to more people. and loving and loving and loving and loving in an infinite amount of ways to Mm -hmm. bring us back into wholeness and and true life. Yeah. Because he can't not. He is fully love, fully life, fully everything that is life. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of another word. You know, I, I think there's something we need to explore in another podcast, which is too, too long to jump into right now. But it seems like part of the growth process, and unfortunately, <laughs> we learned this stuff so late, <laughs> for us anyways, is the first thing of real grace is that the self-awareness you becoming and being comfortable with that relationship with God. But then the difficulty, like as a parent, and I don't want to scare people at this point, but this is to hopefully encourage. And that's something we can talk about is then commune. It's one thing to live it, but to actually train children or another generation into that takes another level of thought and things that are difficult. Cause there's a lot of stuff I thought, Oh, my kids will just get all this stuff. Cause I'm just such a grace By guy, osmos, blah, blah, blah. Osmos. And they'll just pick it all. It's like, Oh, well, some did some of it and some got a lot and some got some things and some got others. But, and I realize how much we go through a process where we don't necessarily pass that on all, certainly not all of it, but you pass some of it on. I'm just thinking of your toilet cleaning. It's like, huh, wouldn't it be good as a dad to tell your kids, hey, you should appreciate what your mom's doing and why don't you say thanks once in a while, you know? But that's one of those where sometimes when you're living grace, you're giving out and just trying to be nice and loving and kind, but you're not training for the things like the, how to be thankful and tell other people that and make those things clear to your kids to, Hey, let's practice these things. Um, there's other, there are a whole lot. Maybe we should have some discussion on kids sometimes, but not, not right now. That's way, way, that's another whole can of worms. So I love that discussion last night on justified. He goes, you open the can, we're going to eat it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you hope, 
So you opened that can. Now we're going to eat it. Because <laughs> somebody brought up a topic. And then when he realized how intense the, the conversation was going to be, he tried to run away. And the other, the other guy used that phrase. A, and it was like, like, oh, that was a beautiful picture like, of you that. open this can. We're going to yeah. eat it all. Yeah. <laughs> so... No, we'll so eat, that another, eat that another another day. another day because I think that's one of the difficult things too. Is I mean, raising kids is it's a wonderful thing, you know. And as a parent, you're gonna always go, "Oh man, I could have done this better. I could have done this." And I love my kids, and they're wonderful, you know. And they're all great in their own ways, and they all have their issues in their own ways. And it's one of those you're like, "Oh, what could I have done differently? What's all the other things?" And uh, you know, and part of it, it's like our, you know, our parents looked at us that way, though. Yeah. Our parents thought we were probably idiots in some areas. Well, they told it. My parents did. <laughs> my dad did. My parent. When we, yeah, I won't go into all that. But yeah, we, and I, your parents not so much. One for one thing, your mom wasn't around very much of our yeah, marriage. Yeah, she didn't. But she probably did before we got married. She never told me anything on that. Maybe stuff. with words. So she thought you were swell and wonderful. There was no, no, no. I mean, before I even came into the picture, you mean in, in your early twenties and as oh, you were I got growing it, plenty of correction. I, I was going to say she probably also yeah. was like, "What are you thinking?" Mine was always about cleaning the house. We need or to clean the, the house and clean the garage. Yeah, that was my curse as a child was cleaning the garage. And yet now I have a wonderful. I know, clean garage. like wow, full circle. I've been circle. healed of that emotional damage. Full so. circle. There you go. I'm all better now. So. 60 years later. So tell me about, so let's wrap this baby up. What do you feel about this whole grace thing? <laughs> As we live out grace? Yep. Well, I, I'm just, I, I'm What's the just take home here? being more and more aware of places where I'm still trying to check a box mm. or mm. live for the approval of others instead of realizing that I am fully root approved of in how I'm living and even when I make mistakes I'm not mm. going to say if yeah. even when it even well, you know if, if I yeah. overshare or if I give some counsel that maybe wasn't appropriate in the moment or if I sleep too late in the morning well all the things that you hear from your past of either a parent or a church leader or somebody in their desire to try to mold you and bring you into some kind of healthy life. Yeah. It's, it's basically their life through their moral cord or how they'd interpret the Bible or whatever, yeah. instead of you living with what you know is health yeah. and life for you. God is in us and I don't have to I don't even have to wake up and I mean, some people, I don't want to smash anybody's things that work for them. I just had a picture. I remember, um, oh gosh, who was the past pastor Neil? He used to talk about, he would wake up and picture himself in the morning of opening up his jacket pocket and looking in his heart and saying, good morning, Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was something that when he would talk about that, I was like, oh, that's so sweet or whatever. Um, and that helped him, that helped mm -hmm. him keep God in the forefront of his mind. I feel like I'm in a different an understanding of mm -hmm. what union with God is. Like I don't even have to have God on my mind yeah. to be living in union. Like right. me living, trusting my 
thoughts, trusting my processes, trusting my habits throughout the day, trusting how I respond to any given situation or any person as I trust and just walk in that that's living in grace and he is transforming me. I am being transformation. Isn't just me getting an A instead of a B on a moral list. Mm -hmm. Transformation is me moving through a day or a week or a scenario and going, yeah, I can give input here and I can take input here and I can have zero input here and I feel good about it all. I know I have rest and peace about the way the whole day or the whole scenario, the whole conversation or the whole process of cleaning out the basement or cleaning out the garage as we move through those scenarios and come up with new solutions, hey, let's get rid of this table and build a new one. Those will come. You trust that whole thing. That is right. life. And don't allow and those doubts to bite. that's not even just bite. like the Christian life. That is like the Christian life. I, I understand that some parameters are important at, with people, but the point is life and not life like you say oh well that's life no i hate that because that is not the right (laughs) use of the word life life is wonderful life is energizing and sustaining and powerful and creative and holy and Mm. loving and all of the things that bring positive energy or whatever however you want to say it the things that make you move either your heart is moved or Mm -hmm. your mind is moved or your body is moved into a space of complete freedom health peace nirvana (laughs) i can't use that word but you know what i'm saying like where you know hey all is well it is good god created it and it is good I am, you know, that when you're in that space, living in that space, that's living in grace mm-hmm. and not legalism. Okay. In transformation, not just in salvation. Awesome. Well, that's that's a wonderful point. So you know what? I'm just going to tell people, if you approve of what Becky said, send us a note. I roll. <laughs> We've got to get a sound effect for my eye rolls. <laughs> Send us a note at podcast at grace.world. Call us up at 833-85-GRACE. Hey, we want to hear, you know what? Be free of these things. Don't let the little, they're like... Uh, mosquitoes on your forehead. Mosquitoes, yep, that are just trying to bite you afterward. Yeah. And uh, the things that are always implanting doubt. Yeah. You know, live your life without the doubts and regrets. I know sometimes there's, I know you'd probably want this as... There's times you want to have conversations and you wish you had a transcript that you could mark up, edit, and then resend to the person yeah. and say, here's my annotated conversation. Right. And it's like, you know what? We're going to make mistakes. And if it was a big problem or something, we'll deal with that. But we don't have to walk around all the time going, oh, I need to change this. I need to change that. What if I did wrong? What if I did this? And it's like, just do what you do. If God calls you and says, hey, you really screwed that up or you really botched it, let's go fix that, then then deal with it. But don't sit there questioning all the time going, well, was I okay? Did I do it right? Was it there? Or if your spouse says, hey, you really botched that. Or if <laughs> the voice sp- of God can sound a lot of different ways. That's true. 
Yep. So, hey, we're thankful that you are part of this. Yes. And we hope to uh, just continue down this journey with you and enjoy and uh, just uh, bask in the love of God. So thanks for being a part of this. Yeah. Have a great week, guys. I actually, yeah, I'm going to be out of town this next week. So if you think of me, you can pray. I'm going to be at a retreat. Just listening and soaking in God without much responsibility. So we'll see what next week's podcast has to hold. Hopefully they don't make you clean toilets there mm-hmm. as might, part of the meditative process. I don't know. Process. That might be part of the process. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I might need to redeem the whole toilet thing. Redeeming the toilet. <laughs> okay. We love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>